Good evening, everybody, and welcome to One World One Love Bowl. Everybody, and welcome to One World One Love Everybody, and welcome to One Twenty Three. Sorry, I was getting some feedback there, <laughs> um, which I have I've subtitled "Is Bob's Knob Packed Away?" Uh, which is obviously what I mean by that is let's talk about Black Orcs, Bob's Imperability, Knobs, uh, Chaos Renegades, or Pact as they used to be and Old World Alliance, which I have tortuously fitted into away for OWA, uh, just so I could do that very bad pun. Um, there are the four races that are going to be brand new in Blood Bowl 3 that have been in, haven't been in Blood Bowl 2. They have been available on Fumble for a long time, and they are right now. Some of them weren't new, uh, but they're slightly changed in the versions that we knew from the 2016 rulebook. Uh, some came with the, obviously, second season, or 2020, as we tend to call it, Blood Bowl. They came in the box... And uh, and people have been playing with them a lot since then, but lots of people in Blood Bowl 2 have never seen them. So I want to talk about those four races in particular, um, and through that, probably just how we adjust to a new race, to to something new, um, or are they? You know, there's a, a famously um, happy with themselves streamer that would tell you that every piece is the same. There are no races, uh, just different statistics and different skills. Um, but these are new, and they are bringing some different things to the table, and I want to talk about those. I have three lovely, lovely people with me here today. First of all, returning, we have Purple Goo, uh, one of the finest blood bowlers to ever draw breath, uh, one of Team England's mainstays for many years, uh, also known in the NAF presidency, and uh, he was tournament director and things like that. I don't know which of those jobs you've swapped about, but you've been involved with the NAF. Um, famous also for his online exploits uh, on Fumble. Uh, but he was just telling us earlier that he's never, ever touched Blood Bowl 2, but he did play in the Chaos Edition, he thinks, of Blood Bowl 1, uh, even if only just dipping a toe in. But certainly he knows his Blood Bowl. He's got a great brain for the theory and practice of the Blood Bowls. Uh, and I have noticed that he's been playing Imperial Alliance in the White Owl League recently on Fumble. Um, and I'm finding them quite interesting, so I want to talk to him a lot about them. Uh, how's your Blood Bowl, Phil? How's things hanging for you in 23? Blood Bowl's pretty good so far, actually. Uh, so uh, I have been playing Nobility in the White Owl League. Um, uh, played, I played a game in the Vierm this morning, uh, which for those uh, who don't know, uh, the British League on Fumble, uh, we play against the Australian League once a year in sort of a playoff. Uh, and five coaches from each that have done pretty well that year play off against each other so I played my game in that this morning Dave of course Purple Jest has been dominating the, the British League for a, a good year now uh, so he played his game earlier in the year it's, it's nice to get a bit it's nice to get a bit back in nice, a bit of reciprocal praise Dave every so often um, so I've been enjoying that and the other thing I've been enjoying so far in 22 uh, 23 even is uh, so I'm playing in something called the Super League on Fumble which uh those of you that are familiar with the, the Tackle Zone League, it's another version of that, but it's not a Swiss going into a knockout. It's a proper league season. Uh, and the beauty of this is that it's a resurrection league season that the rules change for every year. So there's promotion and relegation uh, into a new resurrection bucket. Um, and I'm really enjoying that. Uh, I think that's a really nice format on Fumble. It's probably some of the most competitive club bowl I've played on the internet for quite some time. Um, and is, I mean, is that very much where your focus is at the moment? Is NAF style and that that modus operandi rather than the uh, the you know progression and teams that grow and gain skills? Yeah, I I, I think it's split. Actually, it's split quite evenly. I played a couple of games in uh, the Black Box Trophy, 
so far in January. So for me, a couple of games is literally a couple of games, and that's that's a pretty good, it's a pretty good return in a month. Uh, so between that, the White Isle League and that Super League, that's most of my my bowl at the moment. Are you are you planning to do a full run? Are you going to get the sixty games in by the end of the four months? Absolutely no chance, zero. <laughs> Uh, but it's I, I find a good practice to sling something in and then uh, and then see. I'm a little bit um, hesitant uh, to expose myself to too much bombing. As well, <laughs> uh, so you know, maybe I'd get to five uh, without the bombing, and maybe I'll get to three with. Well, I mean, it's it, uh, by bombing. Are we talking about uh, the Cindy and dribble? Yeah, uh, terrible too. Yeah, I mean, I know that there is a school of thought on fumble with some people who shall remain nameless that black box is the, the sort of pure, beautiful, the scheduler, uh, so spinning, the equivalent of spinning in Blood Bowl 2, as I understand the lingo. Um, that is the pure, sort of hard, hardcore thing. I think as long as you're uh, selecting fair enough games in the uh, in the section of fumble where you can select your opponent, think I'd probably fall back on that to avoid the sort of everybody's got 50k in the bank to bomb each other um, scenario. Yeah, it does seem to be what's happening a lot at the moment. I mean, Fumble, Krista said before, Fumble Krista, that uh, when it comes to particularly competitive players, the stats between competitive, you know, open division and the, the scheduler, it, it's indistinguishable in terms of sort of win rates for races and things. Mm. Um, if you're selecting fair games or if you're taking what games you can get, you know, you end up with what you end up with usually. The... Um, is there anything we can do about the bombers? Well, there's nothing that Krista should do about the bombers. So Krista is, uh, you know, absolutely dead set of playing the rules by the rules. Uh, and I salute him for that, and he's done exactly the right thing. You know, would I press a little button that made that problem go away? Yes, I would personally, but uh, I completely understand why he's done what he's done. I wouldn't so change him. For now, we as the as the users have to beware. We have to be looking out for. Hang on, he's got fifty k. I can expect the bomber to come. I think so. I think you assume that if you play, if you schedule a pickup game with somebody and they've got fifty k sitting there, they're gonna they're gonna hire it. Um, and then you can only be pleasantly surprised from there. Is it really that good? I don't yes. know. I don't know if it's so. I don't know if it's that good. It's certainly top tier, excellent. Uh, but more importantly than that, it's obnoxious. And if you're and I don't mean obnoxious because people have done it, or those people are obnoxious. The mechanic of having the bomber in the game I find obnoxious because I feel like I'm not uh, necessarily playing Blood Bowl so much. I think I've seen Krista himself say something along the lines of the game becomes 10 guys defending a bomber and a bomber throwing bombs rather than, you know, the uh, cerebral Blood Bowl that we all like to pretend that we're playing. It's, it's also a very high variance machine, isn't it? I mean, on both sides, even though throwing bombs doesn't blow you up anymore. I mean, if it does blow you up, that's not a turnover anymore. So you can alter where in your, you know, your risk profile you're putting it in, which is, you know, another huge factor as well as the fact they're more accurate. Um, but it's also just the, the hugely high variance. You know, you can be incredibly well defended and suddenly four players can be taken out by a rogue bomb. Um, very, very hard to mitigate. 100%. I mean, like, I, I don't know how, I, I didn't mean to get down this segue, but no, uh, no, I think, no I think the, the very good players... I'm sure are still the very good players, regardless of whether this uh, uh, this exists or not. And, and I'm sure their win rate is no different. But is it the sort of bowl you want to spend your very precious free time playing? I'm convinced. 
I mean, it, 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 to me, it would be the endless fight of one-turners. I, I think that's something that I know is rearing its head again, and it does worry me. I, I don't want to play Blood Bowl when not playing Blood Bowl, you know, running away for one half and then one-turning, and then running away for the neck and, and second half and one-turning is how the Blood Bowl's done. I'm not blaming the coaches at all. I'm blaming a right. set that, that allows it. You know, coaches well, do whatever they can do to win, uh, and we have store, you know, on the show to prove that. Um, but it's, uh, you know, we have to look at a way of, of making people play the Blood Bowl. It's, you know, to me, it's taking the decisions minute to minute. It's the scrum. It's what's my activation order? What's my risk profile? That's where that's where Blood Bowl is fun, I hope, not just how do I design something that is unbeatable and then I just sit there and laugh for an hour. Um, interesting. Yeah, um, as I said, I, th I think it's fascinating having you here. Your mind looking at these four is going to be very, very useful to me. Um, but he's getting restless uh, because he's a younger man. So let's talk quickly to Day Day. Hello. Uh, Hello. And, uh, bringing the fresh perspective, the the new outlook upon these, the tired, jaded eyes, perhaps, of myself and the other purple, the better purple uh, when it comes to Blood Bowl. Not the best at purple, at Blood Bowl, on my own show. It's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> the second best purple here at Blood Bowl. Um, Day Day, welcome to, the, uh, welcome to One World, One Blood Bowl. Nice to have you on. Thank you. Uh, what have you been up to at Blood Bowl lately? Um, actually, not a lot, apart from the games that I've been playing on Blood Bowl 2. Um, my tabletop league is um, just in between seasons right now, and I don't uh, play a lot on Fumble. I have started uh, in, in one, like, uh, just a couple of mates messing around sort of uh, league, but it's not really. <laughs> That's, like, very, very um, infrequent. Sure. So yeah, we're uh, I'm kind of at that point now where I think with Blood Bowl three coming out as well, I'm at that precipice where I'm like get gearing up sort of thing, and uh, yeah, it's 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 been it's been interesting, I think. In your league, you were coaching some Blackhawks, weren't you? Yeah. So uh, I actually came in halfway through the league um, because uh, someone else dropped out. Because originally, I there was something that happened, but basically. I couldn't go because of a university commitment. Uh, and then that changed and I was able to come back in. Um, so I was playing down like three, 400 TV with Blackhawks uh, for half a season. And uh, it was it was an interesting experience, actually. I I, I would almost say that I enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> wow. We'll yeah, we'll, 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 we'll come see. on to those a bit more in depth, a bit more specifically um, yeah. in a minute. Uh, and you've taken up streaming. I have, yes. Now, um, your, your partner, I believe, has been streaming uh, to great success for quite a while. She's um, she's much better at it than well me. Well-known and notorious is. on the scene. So uh, wherever did you get the idea? Um, well, basically, she started playing um, a lot of Blood Bowl because she was joining in with some of the leagues that we uh, had. And then, uh, you know, she became much more um, prominent in the Blood Bowl scene on, on Twitch. And then she worked out that, you know, while she does like playing Blood Bowl, she also wants to stream other games. And what I kind of selfishly missed from that is the playing Blood Bowl and just chatting to people. Because I think that's that's the element I like most about it from the streaming point of view. I just like, you know, if it's going well or if it's going badly, I can there's someone to talk to. Um, and it's it's why I prefer tabletop over online in most formats anyway, because there's always a human that I'm speaking to. So the streaming kind of, for me, takes that hole a little bit. 
uh, and and uh, I'm I'm careful of my wording here. <laughs> but yeah. um, I mean, yeah, there are obviously it. there's games in every tournament or every league where the person opposite is your opponent and they are your opponent yeah. throughout the game. But there's so many games where halfway through that ceases to really be the case. Yeah, you know, the, the game's been decided or something, and and you're chatting with a mate whilst playing a game together. Yeah, so exactly. It, it, tabletop, I find, can exist in both of those ways. Um, you were very quick in your praise for Dizzy as, obviously, Dizzy Bess as a, a fantastic <laughs> streamer. Who's better at Blood Bowl? Me. It's easily me. <laughs> Look at anyone can pull up our record. Easily. Easily. And so me. quick. Easily me. Not, not like, even a moment's thought not, or consideration. It's not, it's not even close. She just plays Halflings a lot to save the embarrassment so she can say she's been playing Halflings and the, uh, uh -huh. that's the excuse. Yeah, um, so I've lost. No. Oh, because I'm Halflings. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, no, she's... Um, I, I do think it's me, but it's, it's I think she's closer than I'd like to admit. Is it okay that I've asked, do you think? Is that going to be a problem? <laughs> I don't know. I'll tell you in about an hour or so. <clears throat> My voice just went then. I'm, uh, I'm actually get She's uh, outside the door, like, threatening me off okay. camera. You can't see let's, it. Let's hope it's um, locked. <laughs> no, um, no, it's completely fine. She's. Um, it's always an interesting matchup, but we don't actually play each other very often. Uh, we actually, <clears throat> we very rarely have a casual game because, you know, we're off to a tournament or playing online or something like that it's actually we've only played each other a handful of times and uh the last time i completely diced her so well i mean i i, I mean i'd be horrified by the idea of anyone in my house playing me at blood bowl <laughs> I, I just the idea of not being the best in your own home at blood bowl would be, wouldn't that be a worry well, well, it's not something I have to like consider at the moment, as, as I said. <laughs> um, no, um, not really. Me, me and Dizzy, like, we met through like uh, gaming, but right. other games sort of thing. We're naturally very competitive with each other, so it's just another game we're competitive at. Great. Um, let me move on, because as someone has said in the chat, they came on, the first thing they saw was store, and they went, store! So, store! Hello! Hello. Uh, lovely to have you on. Um, massively effusive, as you do tend to be. Uh, I characterised you as... There used to be a guy, I don't know if you remember, Phil, on Fumble called Silly Sod. Do. Yeah, lovely American fella. And I felt he had a similar brain to yours. He never saw a rule set, a meta, a tournament, or a system. He didn't want to pick apart and find a way to break it. Is that wrong of me? Are you... Am I right? Have you got that mind? You like unpicking the problem, finding an answer, and testing and pushing? I certainly do like... Uh pushing around players on rosters and see uh, what I can get. Like last year I played uh, a lot of different races at tournaments, but uh, always trying to arrange it as such that uh, I never play a race at a tournament where, it's, where the race doesn't get at least something to be competitive. So it's like finding it's like those niches where you think, oh, hang on, that's got an extra, I could just do this and it would work. It would make that team something that could compete with you know, a, a dark yeah. elf with, with four blodge. Yeah, so for example, I wouldn't play uh, like ogres in uh, in, a, in a rule set without stars or something. So I played ogres on a tournament where I got Griffin and, and some block ogres, and then played other races in like World Cup uh, formats where they uh, perform very well. So uh, that's definitely interesting. And, and is is that what's grabbing you in Blood Bowl? Because I mean, you you play across everything in Blood Bowl, don't you? You play tabletop, you play fumble, you've played Blood Bowl two, you stream. 
So where's what's what's keeping you in fun, in Blood Bowl right now? What's what's getting you up and thinking oh, I, Blood Bowl? I, I just uh, I just love the game. It's it's always interesting, always different. I really like it, and I like most formats. Although I have uh, taken a step back from Black Box, um, for the same reason that Phil mentioned. I don't like Bomber. And uh, so mostly playing Rookie Royal Rumbles on Fumble and uh, the occasional league game like Super League and TSD. Although, uh, well, picking Vems for Super League wasn't a good idea. <laughs> yeah, they're not they're not right at the moment, are they? I I I picked them because I like them. I had a lot of fun playing them in a Rookie Royal Rumble and on tabletop. But uh, maybe six Vems wasn't. Wasn't a good idea. Famously, Tara Barella arrived on Fumble and started doing six vamps when no one had done it before. Um, and it completely dominated the way vampires were played for the next two or three years because it changed how everyone's mind. Whether that can be accessible in an AF format, I don't know. Pro's much better now, though, isn't it? It is, yeah. And it's. I mean, vamps are not great, but they can do a lot sometimes. Sometimes they fall apart. And. Uh, I do think that animal savagery is a is a pretty big buff because they do what you want them to do. The only problem is that when your team falls apart and you don't have uh, enough players, then it uh, pretty quickly goes wrong because then you can't then you can't guarantee anymore that the vampire is doing what they want. But ideally, you uh, you won the game when that point arrives. So it's it's another example of you have to win before there is no team left to to either win or defend your lead with. Yeah, at least that's uh, my experience with them. Okay. Well, I mean, again, you're someone who's whose mind on Blood Bowl I trust, and I am interested in your opinions, particularly on these four races. Now, I did set you a challenge before. We're going to go very analog now. I've asked you to have a pen and a piece of paper. Um, if we have that available, I'm, I'm going to take yeah. part two. Um, of these four races. I don't know if you're Sesame Street fans, but forgive me. Um, one of these kids is doing their own thing. One of these kids is not the same. One of these four has a good win rate. Now it's time to play our game. Watch you play our game. So I just want you to write down which of these four. Is it a Bob? Is it Nob? Is it OWA? Or is it Pact? Which of those four is just fine? And when I say a decent win rate, it is in... What format? Both the NAF statistics for 2022 and fumble competitive statistics involving both the scheduler and some open play in 2022. Uh, the second thing I'm going to ask you to write down is which of those four comes bottom in both of those. Not bottom of the whole rankings. That's obviously goblins who are still in huge trouble. We did a whole episode about it. But which of these four is going to be the lowest in both the fumble stats and the NAF stats. Two things, quickly. Firstly, have we got copyright issues because of your sing-along? Uh, and secondly, <laughs> when you say when you say just fine, you mean top of the four, do you? Yeah. Which is... I mean, and I'm going to prove to you that I think they're doing all right. I'm not sure great. Not, not, not great. <laughs> but I mean, I do know... All right. Uh, I do know what Krista said, that we need more games with that one particular race and the Black Box Trophy. <laughs> and if you want to play this at home, it's time to write your answers down now. Um, talking of Krista, whilst we were chatting earlier, he did mention that uh, Krista is looking very hard at what should be done about 
you can't just say that's a star that we don't want anymore because Fumble wants to stay rules compliant. But they are looking at this new mega star or superstar or broken star or whatever they're calling them um, and thinking, should it be that we either tax them or ban them from competitive? Because they are certainly seem to be game-breaking, even by Games Workshop. I think that's the admission we sort of got with that movement to a new tier of star. Um, or should they be taxed higher? I mean, perhaps you know, Games Workshop could just do them better or reprice them. That would be another way forwards. Right, I'm going to ask you to hold up either the entire thing or certainly your first answer simultaneously on three, two, one. Who's doing fine? Oh, of course, we haven't got focus. Phil says OWA. Store says OWA. Uh, mine, if you could read anything, uh, does say OWA. Day-Day, what have you got in first mine place? OWA. It is OWA. Uh, who's host? Who's down the bottom? Well, I've put box, but maybe I'm wrong. Am I wrong? I, I, this yeah. just so hasn't worked because of focus. Yeah, it's Black Orcs. Yeah. Yeah, it's Black what? Orcs. It is Black Orcs. So let me just um, pull up some statistics to show you that. That worked really well, didn't it? <laughs> we feature blurry writing don't have them. where are they there we go so if I move from that page to this page this is the uh, win percentages from NAF uh, obviously we, as we expect Underworld Denizens at the top then Amazon then High Elf then Dark Elf then Tomb Kings then Old World Alliance coming in in 6th position then Wood Elves, Bretonians, Shambling Undead, Slan, Dwarves, Skaven, Elven Union, Chaos Dwarf, Orcs, Dungeon Bowl, Dungeon, Dungeon Bowls, uh, <laughs> Lizard Men, Norse, Necromantic, Chaos Renegades, Snotling Humans, Corns, Imperial Nobility, Halfling Vampires, Chaos Chosen, Nurgle, Black Orcs, just ahead of Ogres and Goblins. If we go to the... Yes, this must be the uh, the fumble data that I've been given. Then we see Underworld our top, Shambling Undead second, Amazon's third, Orcs fourth, Dwarves fifth, Chaos Dwarf seventh, sixth, seventh, and uh, Old World Alliance come in in eighth position, or seventh position, isn't it? Because they're slightly renumbered. Yeah, it's not. It's in position two, but it is number one. So seventh Old World Alliance. Then we get Norse, Tomb Kings, Necromantic Horror, Wood Elf, Dark Elf, High Elf, Skaven, Snotling, Human, Elven Union. And then the rest all pack up. In 18th, Imperial Nobility, 19th, Lizardmen, 20th, Kenos Renegades, and then the Black Orcs, ahead of Nurgle, Ogre, Chaos Chosen, Corn, Halfling, Vampires, and Goblins. Um, gentlemen, are we surprised, not only that Old World Alliance are top, but that they're top by quite a distance. They're doing all right. They're fine. Yeah, my head explodes seeing that. So if you've got Lizardmen in 19th yeah. and Old World Alliance all the way up there, it's, it, my yeah, head explodes so much. Old World Alliance have a tree man. Yeah. But they do. They do. So my experience with the new version of Old World Alliance yes, let's, is... Let's talk about that. So we're talking just the new Old World Alliance. What's good? What's bad? Why are they doing okay? So I played them at one four-day tournament. Uh, sorry, four-day tournament. Four-game tournament. And I've never been so exhausted after a tournament in my life. I just found them. So uh, you had to be, had to like give every drop of myself to get a tune out of them with all the loner and the, and the dwarf blockers, not being dwarves, but gnomes, little dwarves, whatever they are. Yep. Um, 
just relying on some pretty average humans to do to get away with it and do things but appreciating that the treatment i think at low tv is is great um to, to, to see them have that level of success with a, what isn't i mean it's not a massive data set but it's not a tiny data set find um I mean, on Fumble, I think we'll find a lot of that's coming from uh, the first 15 games on teams, from things like the Black Box Trophy yeah. runs. So we are talking very low TV even there. Is that the secret to why we're seeing them do well? well I um, think it must be. They, they, they can't be any good at mid to high TV, can they? Because they're humans with some crap dwarves. Yeah, all of whom have loner. Mm. But I mean, I'm... once the dwarves get some skills... Store, what do you think? I think... Um... I don't really understand how they're so good in uh, in progression, but maybe it's because good coaches are playing them. Um, in in uh, NAS style, when you get the right skills and maybe a good star, then you can uh, can achieve quite a bit. Like I last year, played against uh, someone with Griff Oldwood Alliance, and uh, well, Griff is pretty good, turns out, <laughs> and. Uh, I played them in one tournament with uh, with a white dwarf, which was uh, pretty all right on the tournament, but uh, it was only a Belgian tournament, so it doesn't really count. I mean, I, I've always liked the, the white dwarf, the way he gives, he's like a, a Swiss army star, isn't he? He gives skills out to all sorts of uh, people, so he can really make up for whatever you need on that particular turn, as well as being quite decent you know, in the mix himself. Um, yeah. Is that perhaps it, that they're getting tiered in a way that allows you to hire stars, to put a decent rule pack on to them to make up for some of those problems? Yeah, if you get if you get a few skills and take and get a star in and leave the stupid gnomes out, then uh, they can do quite all right. And obviously chat is full of the tree being uh, OP. Is, yeah. is it the tree? Is, it, is the tree the answer? Can it be a, a tree? That makes every every team better by country man. <laughs> I think I'll be. That's where halflings are the best because they have two tree men. <laughs> well, they did beat Black Hawks. Didn't they? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I um, know you're incredibly gifted with halflings, store, but <laughs> Phil, is it the tree? I mean, it must be something, right? So I, I like the star player theory, but in tournaments where you're allowed a star player, and I don't go to too many of those, or the ones that I do go to, they sort of heavily penalise the star players. Everybody's got a OP star player uh, to, to lean on, so I don't know whether Old World Alliance are particularly uh, in a class where they can get away with uh, outperforming. I think the tree. I think the tree is great. I think actually one thing that links these four races together that we're talking about today is that they're all painful to play against and a bit painful to play with. Actually, oh yeah, and I wonder. Yeah. And I wonder whether. Uh, pain that you find when you're playing against Old World Alliance. So I found them a lot, I find them quite difficult to play against even if they're just lining up, right? Because you've got some, some crap dwarves with guard, you've got a treeman getting around there is problematic and even when you do get around there, they've got a bit of pace with a human catcher or a, you know, the, the dwarf, dwarf runner or whatever. They are actually a bit of a pain to line up against uh, just by doing nothing, just by being there. Um I wonder if that is helpful at very low TV. So is it the variety of questions? I was talking about this in a coaching session uh, not uh, earlier today, actually. Is it the variety of different questions that are being posed, even if they're not doing anything? 
you know, I've got to deal with that incredibly fast piece. I've got to deal with those really solid pieces up in my face. What about that huge, strong piece? And I'm trying to solve all of those problems every turn if I'm facing them. Perhaps sort of bemusing uh, less experienced coaches. Yeah, perhaps. I think I think they are quite an effective wall rather than a whole bunch of different problems. So when we get onto nobility, nobility are a, a huge bunch of different problems, right? Um, I think Old World Alliance is, is, you know, a treeman and three or four dwarves with guard. That's quite a that's quite a wall to get around for a newer coach, perhaps. Um, I think also, like, I look at the win rate and I probably think it might be just be a combination of a load of little things. So like you said, good coaches are playing them. They've got new things. I even think there might even be a tiny psychological thing as a newer player who's not as experienced as some of the, the people out there. But I have to keep reminding myself that the dwarves don't have, like you know, all their skills on this, like, you know, the uh, blocker gets armbar and brawler, not block tackle. But in my head, I see a dwarf and I go, oh, that's, you know, that's what I'm going to be up against. Mm. So I, I look at it, like even the fact that they've got the halfling and, y- you know, you can get your cheeky one-turn attempts in there if it's, even if it has gone terrible. And I just wonder if it's a load of little factors that maybe contribute and drag them up a little bit each one and then, He's a natural yeah. home for a sneaky git as well, isn't he? Yeah. Um, which is, you know, definitely not problematic as a skill in any way. And yeah, I, I your opponent's got it. I have my experience with these is only playing against them, and I had the the same issue that you just mentioned. Like uh, the tree basically goes, "I'm going to control the center of the board, and the other pieces are fast enough to cover if you, if you do go around the side." That was my experience against them anyway, and that's. That's why I struggled with them. Fascinating. Store, how do you beat them? How do we beat them? All with lines. Yeah, oh. where's their weakness? Play elves and win. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's true in every tournament at all times. But what specifically should we be looking for if we're facing them, do you think? Because, you know, they're, they're rocking a very high win percentage. I wouldn't have put big them as top, top half. And they're top quarter. So. Well... Ideally, you have someone you stick on the tree and leave him alone, and then the rest of the team doesn't have that much fighting power. So if you're like uh, like a strong team, a bash team of some sort, then uh, it's, I mean it's like with most teams, choose your battles and win. And if you can separate the tree and then uh, bang on the other men's, then you're quite all right. And I feel with uh, with elves, um, it's a pretty good matchup because they don't have the natural tackle, so you can dodge away however you want. You just need to be a bit careful because of the uh, of the fouling that's going to come. I, I thought for a minute you were going to say armbar. Don't we need to be a bit careful <laughs> because of armbar <laughs> <coughs> when it comes because to dodging? Doesn't that put the fear into elves? When you're coaching Old World Alliance, you should definitely say, as as they dodge away, I have got armbar, are you sure? <laughs> definitely get that in there. Every time. I, I mean, I have the pieces to make them from various different races, and it never tempted me. I always thought, well, they look awful. But some people are out there rocking these win rates with them, and I don't know how they're doing it. Um, anyone got any insights? Is it is it the stars? Is it the rule sets? Is it the I think coaches? they... they... I think Day-Day made a good point. I think it could be a, a combination of a lot of little things, I think. Um, perhaps they're not being particularly accurately tiered yet. Maybe 
you know, we're, we're not far enough into the new rule set to know exactly where they should live, and as such, they're getting a little bit too much. I think it could be good coaches playing them. Uh, and I think I think he's also right that you see a dwarf and you think a dwarf. You know, I've been playing against dwarves for 15 years. I know what they do. And rewiring your brain is actually quite difficult. I think your question as to how do you beat them, in some cases, they beat themselves. Right? You know, they don't have the skills that you think they've got. They're not all yeah. block tackle, etc., etc. And yeah, that is still a human thrower. No, he, he is uh, he's good but he's not got a ward answer um, yeah I mean you can you can just get in their face and wait for them to uh, to roll turnovers and not being able to re-roll them and stuff but uh, I also think that in enough style when they get a lot of skills and can take a star and still get a skill or a lot of skills like in the Euroball and World Cup rules yeah. Then um, it's actually not that easy to make them to force these turnovers, because uh, you have the alignment with block, you have a blitzer who's uh, who's agile, and you have a catcher you can run away with. So they've got I speed, mean, they've got stability, and as long as they use them in the right times, they've actually got you know quite an interesting set of different skills that they can answer different problems with. Yeah. Sounds really tempting. Thank God they've all got a loner, eh? <laughs> I wonder if also there's there's a bit like you, you said, PC, like you're not tempted by them. Like you, you could put the team together, but it doesn't appeal to you. And for me, at least, when, I, when you know, I've been playing Blood Bowl and trying to improve, it's based off experience, both playing as them and, and against them. So if there's not a lot of people playing, you know, as them and it's, a, mm-hmm. you know, or there's not a lot of people who have played as them, perhaps more importantly you don't know what you're looking for. Like, you, you know, you might come up against it if you're a newer coach having no experience against this team. You've got no idea what to do. And you haven't got that, oh, I've played this team, so I, I know what I didn't like when I played that, so I'll force that angle. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I, I think that maybe plays a, a small part in it as well. It's um, it, it's tricky. I mean, I I think one of the reasons I don't play them is they make me very sad. You know, I look at the dwarves and I think that's going to happen to dwarves one day. Uh, and that makes me frightened and sad. But it, it, there's just nothing there that I think, oh, hang on, I'd really be able to do this. And I, I just don't see the angle. So perhaps I need to get beaten by them you know, robustly a couple of times. Because um, certainly that happened with Bretonians and it made me want to coach Bretonians. Uh, and then, of course, they died and we were replacing them with Imperial Nobility. Uh, the knobs, um, are they any good? No. They're not rocking the wind stats, so why am I finding them very difficult to beat when I'm coaching as dwarves? Um, and, and what is it I need to be coaching that beats them easily? Because they frustrate me and I don't like them. Because they stand in the way and then you can't get past them. Yes, and then you're I've slow. noticed that. They're certainly not very good, but they are so sexy. I love nobility. <laughs> They are, uh, they're all the things, if, if you could tick all the boxes that make me excited, they all fit. Like, they're not very good. They uh, very occasionally get too much in a rule set, and you go, oh, I could make these good, actually, in the way that Storr was talking about earlier. Um, they have a mechanism by which you can be extremely passive, and while you're being extremely passive, you can set your opponent all kinds of problems. Um and then eventually they all explode and you get to complain about your game. 
because all your players <laughs> run away immediately. They are the perfect combination. Oh, and the last thing is they start with skills you would never give a blood ball player. That's always great. Got fend and running pass, and you know that's nonsense. Players shouldn't have that. It's terrific that they do, and that they exist as a wonderful thing. You, you coach them for a long time in the Wirtel League. I mean, for a long time comparatively, those seasons clicked through reasonably quickly there. Did you actually use running passes? Are you telling me that's a skill? You can look me in the eye and say, I've got use of running pass. I don't think I could look you in the eye. I mean, <laughs> maybe once. I think I've played 50-odd games with mobility, and maybe I've used it once. Maybe on a, you know, a, a turn eight. Uh, I just had to, had, I had to just throw it fun. Uh, but that it exists is the beauty, the beauty of it. I mean, they are toilet. They are poor. Um, so, so why are they poor? Because surely they've got... I mean, yes, they lost from, from the change from Bretonians, which most people compare them to, deeply unfairly, because obviously they're a completely different team with no similarity, really. Um, they have the same line people, don't they, that have Fend and uh, Dirt Cheap. Yes? Well, I mean, Dirt Cheap, not... 45? They're all very expensive nobility. They um, are, aren't they? It's one of the issues that when you put the roster together, all the bits are actually a little bit more than you expect them to be. And more than they used to be. Yeah. Yeah. So they've actually gone up from forty to forty-five, haven't they? From a peasant to whatever they're called on nobility. Um, but then, instead of just the blockers that came with wrestle, they now come with wrestle and stand firm. Isn't that an and awesome more upgrade? More expensive because of that. Right. So we're paying for that stand firm. But it's it's okay. yeah. And they are. I mean, so I never played with Bretonians, um, so I, I don't know quite how when these guys are. But they are still armor eight. So they've got that thing, like, if you when you coach Skaven, you think, oh, brilliant, I'll put this Storm Vermin in here because he's indestructible, he's Armour 8. And then yeah. you very quickly remember that Armour 8 isn't indestructible. <laughs> um, those Stand Firm guys do go away very often. But, I mean, Wrestle, Stand Firm, and then you can throw in Naf, you can throw Guard on them. I imagine that's the natural first skill up um, in progression as well. Doesn't Aren't they then done? You know, Wrestle, that's, Stand Firm, Guard, what a piece. That's one of the things that I... Like, because I've not played them, but I've worried about, like, because you'd think you would put guard on them, and, like, guard stand firm is fine, but, like, the fact that they've got wrestle means they won't have, you probably won't give them block, because um, you'll think they've got wrestle, and it's like, you want to be standing up for st um, stand firm and guard, and I, I don't know, like, I haven't played them, so, you know, you might be about to say, no, you're completely wrong, Day Day, and that'd be fine, uh, but it's it's always an interaction that I've looked at and just gone, if 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 you get what I mean, like it's not bad, it's not terrible, but it's not what I'd like. I don't want them on the ground. I want stand firm guards stood up. And then you've got your two knights, haven't you, or whatever they're they're being called nowadays, blitzers. That's a drop from there were four in Bretonians, uh, and that they're still terrible Bretonians. So isn't dropping to two? Is that doesn't it make them trash tier or? Are they any? Are they good enough to get it done with just two of them? They're natural homes to blodge, aren't they? When you see them in math, they're really often blodged up, um, and they are quite fast. I think move seven. Yeah, they are. The, the whole of the rest of the team exists to unleash those two guys for the one turn where they absolutely need to do a thing, whether it's on offense or defense. You know, there there comes a turn where those guys have to either run away or get stuck in. The point of all the rest of them is to survive long enough for that to happen. Um, yeah, but sadly they don't have Dauntless anymore, which actually is pretty annoying if you're used to uh, to the old Bretonians and now you only have half of the Blitzes and the Blitzes were the ones 
that uh, made the team at least somewhat good. And now you only have two and they don't even have Dauntless. And you're quite often, especially in this iteration of uh, of the game, run into teams that have, that have strong players. And then uh, you only have a bit of guard and maybe an ogre that doesn't do what you want in the turn where he has to do. Yes, yeah, so, so dropping uh, a two and taking Dauntless off them is, is key in terms of, I mean, facing things like Camry. Um, I can remember a game against the lovely Dionysian once where I had Bretonians, he had Camry. And I think he forgot. He just lined up his Tomb Guardians on the line of scrimmage. And I put all my Dauntless up in his face, did all the safe things first, and then knocked every single one of them over using Dauntless, um, taking one of them out of the game completely. How is something like Imperial Ability going to deal with a Camry team when they don't have Dauntless? Do they do they have any hope there? Short answer is that they don't very well. Um, so, you know, all of the, the strength for it is a lizard man is an awful matchup. Memory's mm. a terrible matchup. Anything with you know four strength four, you know, orcs isn't particularly good. Your only hope is to get into the situation that you described earlier, Dave, where they don't die for five or six turns and all that the big strong team who's not very fast is doing is knocking them backwards and with fend they're just standing up and then going back in and saying please sir can i have another one um you're not making any progress off the back of that that's basically all you've got um but it is it's a wall of fend and stand firm with two fast hitty pieces that usually have blodge and then of course the thing that that store mentioned but none of us have talked too much about there's an ogre, so doesn't that solve all the problems? I mean, we didn't talk about it with the Old World Alliance team. They do have that as an option instead of the tree, and none of us talked it up. Is this the ogre's moment? Is it what makes an ability work is that joyful ogre? Store, what do you think? Well, I guess you kind of have to take him because you don't have anything else, really. And you need a bit of strength. You need all the guard you can get. But uh, he's still not great, and the team's still not great. Okay, day day. Does the ogre tempt you? Um, I, I agree with Store. I think you're in a position you feel you have to take it, but like big guys, like you don't want to be relying on a big guy, whether that's to like punch a hole or something, really, because you, you everyone knows what's going to happen there. As soon as you're like, I need the ogre to do this one thing and punch this hole, and it's like that's guaranteed it's not going to happen in the game. Then that's that's uh. So you have to take it, but I, I, I would rather have like four blitzes with Dauntless. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we, we don't have that as an option, though. We've only got yeah. that ogre. So, yeah, we have to take it. Um, Goo, are they right? If I'm, if I'm starting, you know, Old World, uh, Old World Alliance, if I'm starting in a league with an ability, um, do I stay lean and mean and leave the ogre aside and just try and build from those, those blockers and those two lovely blitzes, or do I need to put that ogre in? I think I started with him, as far as I remember. Um, I mean, he's not, he doesn't solve your problem, but he, he looks like he might solve your problem. And that uh, gives both you and your opponent enough to think about to make it worthwhile, I think. Okay, so, so we're not, we can't rely on him because he's a big guy, but we probably think we need him there. Um, of, of the other three, they're sort of, people love them, and I, I don't quite get it. Um, I don't even like the models. I think the, you know, the hilarious comedy fat bodyguards and the feathers all over the place. It it doesn't do it for me. But it really seems to tickle some people's fancy. They seem to have arrived and been quite welcome. If this is the closest to Bretonians, which were, you know, quite widely liked, that we're going to get, is everyone everyone happy with them or do we think they need a change? 
I think they're fine. We need teams that aren't that good. Okay. I think they've got enough going for them that it doesn't. So we've been very negative about them, and that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Because they've got more than enough going for them to make them interesting and fun. That's great. I think it's a real shame they're in the box. Because if you're a new player, you're not Blood Bowl. You know, these guys got Fen, this guy's got Stan Firm. Like, it's all very. It's a it's a bit much, I think, for a newer player. So but, it's the, um, the two teams in the box yeah. were not putting Blood Bowl's best foot forwards. We're not showing them the, the fun, easy stuff. Uh, you just want a dirt simple, don't you, ideally, for the first game. Um, yeah, like I, the old yeah. Box. yeah. But they couldn't do humans and orcs again, could they? They had to do something different. Yeah, but, you know, they're, they're, they're they're a, yeah, they, they could have done different... <laughs> teams didn't have so fend and stand firm and grab you know they're, they're all very you know, unless it's tuesday and the moon is full do this but, well know, not anymore because there's yeah. teams full of it <laughs> or full of something i mean that's that's the only thing that mobility is going for for them for me you can go to a tournament and every second block you uh, you take you can shout haha you can't follow or haha you can't push him <laughs> Right, so and it's mostly about being an annoying idiot. <laughs> and they are, they're, they're, a, they're a stymie team, aren't they? Where they control the field by preventing you doing what you want to do. Um, so the obvious ways around that are either to be bigger than them and smash them to pieces, as they try and do that, or to be elfier than them and just don't, you know, to go somewhere else. All right, I won't go that way, I'll go this yeah. way then. Which is presumably what they suffer to. Do they have any answers to elves? Not, Not really. terrific no. number of answers, no. <laughs> wow. Um, in, uh, if you can keep the blitzers free, I suppose you can chase down that. You don't have a particularly large number of answers. If you can move the stand firm in such a way that uh, it makes it tricky for elves to get around you, great. But again, you know, eventually elves are just going to sort of mark everything and you can't dodge everybody. Wow, so we're not we're not huge fans. Um, let's move on. What about uh, Renegade, or Pact, as I would call them, because I'm old and I reserve the right to not change anything. Nothing should ever change. Um, Chaos Renegades, uh, are we loving them, and are we loving the fact they've now got four big guys to choose from and the weirdest yes. thrower in the history yeah. of Blood Bowl? <laughs> They're yes. the team that I'm really looking forward to getting my hands on next probably what's what's exciting you about them i just want to like punch people with big guys and because uh, <laughs> i i started playing not long after um blood bowl 2016 came out and obviously if you're playing in the tabletop scene there and then you go into blood bowl 2 you don't really see them so i think these will be the there'll be a lot of people excited about these um and yeah you get Big guys and punch things, and even if they're rubbish, they're fun. Okay, I'm just very briefly going to pull that roster up because some people don't know it. Uh, there we go. So uh, we have a rat ogre. Yes, we have access to up to twelve human <laughs> renegade linemen. They've got the standard six, three, three plus, four plus, uh, nine plus, and come with no skills. They're basically bog standard humans. They come at fifty k. But as well as general, they have mutation access uh, on standard roles and secondaries of agility and strength. There's a human renegade thrower, which is 6, 3, 3 plus, 
three plus, nine plus. He comes with animosity to all teammates, but he does come with both pass and safe pair of hands, which is a really interesting skill. There's a renegade goblin, which is also animosity to all teammates, but a goblin. A renegade orc, which is an orc lineman with animosity to all teammates. A skaven renegade, again animosity to everything, which is another skaven lineman. And then a dark elf lineman is the dark elf renegade that also has animosity to all teammates. They can then choose any three of the following four big guys. So they gain access to a renegade troll, a renegade ogre, a renegade minotaur, and a renegade rat ogre, all of which have access to strength on primaries and to agility, general, and mutations on secondaries. Um, so that's the current roster. Uh, should people be excited? Is it going to be fun? Is it going to be dominating how they think about Blood Bowl? Three big guys, triple the fun. Yes. <laughs> Very simple answer there. Um, which big guys then, Stor? And why? Um, you need to take the Red Ogre and the Minotaur, and then, then you're free choice. And then you only need one secondary skill, and you have three frenzy big guys, which is definitely what you want. Shouldn't you just be coaching corn if you really want frenzy everywhere? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Not really. You take the ogre and the troll, and then the red ogre, and then you have an orc lineman that the uh, red ogre can eat, so he does what you want. So he comes with AV9, doesn't he? So that's fantastic. If you're going to eat your own player, eat one with AV9. There's a much better chance it doesn't get smushed. Um, are, you, I think are you taking I it on your dark elf thrower, or are you bringing the renegade thrower? Your dark elf lineman, I should say. Well, in progression, I'd, I'd leave the uh, thrower at home and just carry with the Dark Elf. In uh, enough style, you can think about the thrower for the uh, for the leader caddy. Right, so a cheap leader skill. Yeah, because rerolls are quite expensive for them. And then with pass, are you going to carry on him and use the Dark Elf as a receiver? Only on short drives. So still on the Dark Elf if you possibly can. And then you've got yes, things like the Skaven and the Rat, um, um, uh, the Skaven and the Goblin as receivers, which are, are pretty quick pieces too. Um, Phil, are you a lover of the Pact? Are you a renegade think... in your core? <laughs> They'll always be Pact to me, the same same as you. Uh, of, the, of the sort of cut-and-shut teams where we've, you know, up to sprue together from various other things, this, this is my favourite. Um, I think them having three big guys is tremendous good fun until it isn't good fun anymore. Um, I think the Dark Elf gives them something that Old World and uh, Underworld don't really have. Um, although Underworld do have a gutter runner, I suppose, but a Dark Elf's a little bit more robust. Um, yeah, I think I think they're the most fun of all of the sort of union teams, as it were. And uh, and are you, are you loving all the little positionals? Do you take the... Um... The rat, the goblin. I mean, obviously, I think the orc lineman everyone takes now for line of scrimmage duty and to get eaten by things you want to eat it and activate. But are the yeah, rest all useful too? I haven't used them in 2020 yet, but in 2016, uh, I did not take the Skaven, but I did take Zaharg every opportunity that I could because he's coolest star player. Um, Very true. I think these days, I probably would take one of everything. To Stores point, I think the leader caddy is worth having. I, th I think of a massive hypocrite with um, 
So I, I think speed is everything. And uh, I was reading a thing on Fumble, the worst positional thread at the minute. Yeah. People were saying, you know, I'm going to take human linemen over uh, over the lockers on Old World because they're faster and they're, you know, just as expensive and whatever. And I sort of sucked my teeth a bit and thought, well, it'd be nice to have that extra armor just for the bits where you need to get a hit. And I have that dichotomy with the Skaven linemen in that, you know, my brain thinks speed is everything and then i think oh but when he gets hit that's the end of him yes av7 is is massively worse than av8 isn't it catastrophically so so yeah. often and it does mean you really can't base or need to be incredibly selective about when you do it um but the rest of them at av8 they're pretty good at taking a hit i find they they, they don't disappear it's like um like slam i always felt with the same you want them to be a lot squishy than they actually end up being when you face them and at the end of the game, you look down and maybe you've removed three. And you think, well, hang on, I hit them a lot. How come only three have gone? Whereas if that was Skaven, it would be five or seven that have gone. Um, so I do find that's holding holding them up. But they really aren't that good. I mean, they are a cut-and-shut team of various bits put together, Day-Day. Why are you excited by them? Um, I is don't it, know. Is I it think just like, like fidget spinners? Are we going to turn out you're going to have a draw <laughs> full of... Full of Chaos just, Renegades in six months' time that you never touch away, again. Yeah. Um, no, I think, like, for me, it's, it's like I said before, There's uh, I've not had as much chance to play them. I know, obviously, that I could have. Um, but I think there'll be a lot of players um, really excited because of that, just because new is always at least interesting, even if it's not, it, it doesn't look loads of fun. Um, like I said, it, like, it sounds very, like... Brutish, but three mighty blow hits a turn or, or two, and if if you know that's always nice. And I like teams where there's you, you know you could have a discussion. That I think whether right or wrong or you agree, I think you could have an argument for just having like all the human marauders on your team, if not for nothing else because it'd be fun. Um, some people really wouldn't want that, which is fine. Um, but I like I like. Uh, teams where you have a few options so you could like you know there's a debate on do you take the Skaven lineman some people really want it so it's it's fun to to see what other people do with it as well yeah I mean I, I come across teams they used to be famously before they changed the current iteration there was a coach on Fumble that would keep them extremely low TV with zero re-rolls rostered um, a leader caddy instantly on one of the um, uh, renegades and then really just try and get claw pom um, as soon as possible on one or two pieces whilst keeping everything else absolutely as lean as possible and spinning into brand new teams with it and absolutely wrecking them. Um, they don't feel quite that toxic to me anymore now that the skill access has, has dried up on those marauders. But there's still the chance of just sort of throwing mutations all over your, your human renegades, isn't there? Um, and building that way with some you know cheap random uh, mutations. I wonder if we'll be seeing that happening. But they're not rocking the win stats, certainly, despite the number of big guys they have available. Um, and I am being corrected in the chat. Yes, we should be saying, of course, AV8+, plus and 9+, plus, uh, because everything is new and different. <laughs> Never. It's uh, always going to be a go for it. It's a, and it's a rush, <laughs> Phil. It's a rush. Um, there, there will come a time where you'll sit opposite some young blood bowler and you'll say GFI and they'll say, I don't know what you mean. It's happened. Wow. It's wow. happened. These are crazy times to be alive. It is. It is crazy indeed. <laughs> um, and then they'll change back in three years' time because someone that likes GFI gets in charge of the rules. Um, where is where are Chaos Renegades headed? Are they 
I mean, Underworld I used to call Underwhelm because they were such a joke. And I, I never kept my eye on them. Suddenly they made one little change, which we think was entirely based around the cheapest way of putting the sprues into a box and selling them. And they've become a dominant force in Blood Bowl. Are, are Renegades suddenly going to turn that corner? Store. Well, I wouldn't call adding a gutter runner to a team a tiny change, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> is it the gutter runner or is it swarming? I think swarming is the big, big chunky... chunky is it? I mean, perhaps they do an episode on solving Underworld because they are, in all formats, in all ways, even when the stars get taken away, they seem to be doing well, very, very well. I mean, yeah, the snotting and the swarming is great. But the gutter runner is also pretty amazing. Yeah, if you and the two things runner. together, obviously, uh, do a lot. Well, I mean, I always come back to that in NAF style before this change. What would underworld coaches always hire? They would always hire themselves a gutter runner. So the fact that they're now given a gutter runner, um, I think you know they've got what they always dreamed of, which is a, a fast piece. It's cost them one of their two storm vermins, but I think every underworld coach I know would have taken that before the deal was done and certainly now afterwards but it's so hard to know because there were so many changes at once nope. oh we've lost or hopefully he'll be back hmm. now there were changes obviously to what made up the team so the gutter runner came in the snotlings came in and that added swarming and then also stars and they were you know tiered in interesting ways at the start of this rule set so we saw lots of star use with underworld as well separating out the noise from the impact of those three different massive changes can be very, very hard to do. Um, but anyway, they're not necessarily one of the four I wanted to focus too much on this evening. <laughs> there is one left. Um, we've left it till last. They are the worst. They are terrible, aren't they, Blackhawks? Yeah. So why don't people hate them? Because I love Blackhawks. And don't you? I, yeah, I love them. Okay, that's I all I want to hear right now. Phil, don't you love Black Oars, despite how terrible they are? No. I no. Can't, I, can't, I can't bring myself to love them. Sorry. Where's the fun and joy in your heart? It's I mean, in nobility. That's where it is. Okay, all right. I'll, I'll give you something there. You did say you love nobility. Um, Dado, why do you love Black Oars, this terrible, awful race that can't win Blood Bowl games? Um, I don't know, to be honest. I think I, I, I try and analyse it. And I'm just there, like going, no, they're they're terrible. I don't, I don't know why. They just uh, they appeal to some part of me. Um, I, I I played a very foul, heavy play when I played in a league with them, and I had a lot I had a lot of fun doing that. Um, but that's obviously very hit and miss. Uh, I I just like having big guys. I think like a load of strong players and. I have like three fun turns before everyone's run away from them and I can't hit anything. But I enjoy those three turns a lot. I mean, strength is much harder to get in this rule set. So to have yeah. six strength four players right out of the box, able to absolutely dominate the space with that strength, even if they don't come with block, it is incredibly alluring, incredibly strong. And then to have fast, dodgy, even if they're stunty, little fast, dodgy pieces, fairly cheap, to run around and do the balling for you. And yeah. that's why people love lizards, and they're a good team, and we know what to do with them. And then we get black orcs, which are slower, shitter, and much, much worse. Why? Why do I we think, need them? I think oh, looking I... at them. Sorry. Oh, cool. I was going to say. I think looking at because that's the comparison I saw a lot of people making was like lizards, and that's why I picked them up first because I, I played a lot of lizards. 
But I think you need to get out of that mindset that because they're not, and that you won't be playing them the same way. They're not um, shit lizards because they look a lot then, like shit lizards to me. They they do, and they are shit lizards. But if you go into it thinking I'm going to play these like lizards, you'll have a bad time, and that okay. might be why a lot of people are losing with them. So let's let's bring in Mr. Meta um, Store. I'm glad to see you back. How do we not play black orcs like shit lizards? What what are we doing with black orcs? What's the plan? What's the idea? Oh, I played them yesterday in a tournament, and I can confirm they are not shit lizards. They are awful lizards. <laughs> and uh, I mean, you gotta you gotta do a lot more hitting than with lizards. You you gotta use the brawler and the and the grab to get all the hits in you can, and then foul with your sneaky git goblin. Right, so passing them that. from one to the other using the the grab skill. Yeah, exactly. And you can you can dominate the sidelines with your grab because uh, there's always something to watch out for. You can grab them around and do some nice serves if you if uh, the opponent isn't careful. But uh, they're so slow. That you can't allow yourself to, to, like, go to the left, bash around a few turns, and then go to the middle and switch sides because you just can't, just too slow. Yes, so, I heard someone else alleging that. Um, Phil, do you agree that one of the big problems with Blackhawks is they are not responsive? Oh yeah, they, they've got absolutely no get out of jail free card. There's no mechanism to cope with disaster whatsoever. Like yeah. you know, we, yeah. Plan A has to work, and if Plan A does not work, game over. I think I think there is some benefit to them, right? I think Brawler is one of the benefits of the new rule set. I think it's a lovely skill. I think that's that's a really nice mm. interaction. I think if Pete W was, were watching this, he'd be shouting at us and telling us we're idiots because he is a dreamer that loves the idea of using grab to pass a guy five along and then surf him. Yes. The one, the one in thousand games where that happens, you feel like a genius. So that's a good thing about Blackhawks. Yeah, they're just so slow and they're so unresponsive and it takes forever to get enough skills on them to make them in any way passable. Like the other teams that we've discussed this evening, playing against them can be a bit of a pain, right? You, you line up a troll and six black orcs, and suddenly it's actually quite sticky to get all the way around. But the minute you do, they're not going to be able to do anything about it. Oh, yeah. Game over. No. Yeah. yeah. Like if I you mean, lose the ball with them, and someone picks it up, then how are you gonna? What are you gonna do to get it back? Like, if you haven't removed enough, they're just gonna base all men's, and then. You're standing there, you can block them, nice. They have the ball and you can't get to them. And uh, you can't throw all your goblins at them? Doesn't that work? Yeah, great idea. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, they, goblins, they goblins I love, but they're not, they're not particularly brilliant at safety play, are they? They're not the piece that's going to tackle back and solve the problem for you. Because yeah, no. start, you need three of them to do it. And secondly, they're really terrible at it, even when you've got three of them to do it. And so, you probably don't even have that many because if you if you got sacked, then uh, you probably lost a goblin at least for a turn. Because they're doing you your have, ball carrying. Yeah, and then you have three more only if uh, no one no other goblin got hit earlier or is isn't somewhere else. 
Right, so on a and goblin's team, fast, I might be so able to put five pitch. or six goblins into getting that ball back. But as you said, on Black Orcs, I've only got four. Probably one got knocked over to get the ball free. So only if the other three have magically survived this late in the game have I probably got enough goblins to be actually responsive to anything that's picked the ball up and run off with it. Fascinating. And yet, you know, without any of those strong pieces on the field, it's going to be even worse, isn't it? So yeah, those six Black Orcs yeah. on the troll have to dominate the entire field without any help, really, from the goblins. Yeah, and even, even more than lizards, you really have a problem if one or two Black Orcs get removed. Because yeah. even more than with lizards, you're uh, dependent on your Black Orcs, on your strength four pieces, to punch a way through and to cover the pitch and protect the other players because you can't make up with speed for it. Yes, I'm always reminded, Phil, when I coach AV9, that it's not AV9 with thick skull, and it isn't as reliable as <laughs> AV9 with thick skull. Although more reliable, of course, than AV8. And AV7, I just... People... I don't know why they do that to themselves. Because <laughs> they're all masochists. When ability all evaporate and you lose, you were magnificent until that point. Black Orcs fall over themselves. You were never magnificent. Yeah, and, no, and yet, I remember when Simeons became an actual team that in a couple of divisions on Fumble were available. <laughs> Simeons, for those that don't know them, were a team of monkeys. Oh no, I shouldn't call them that. Great apes, aren't they? So they were bonobos, gorillas, orangutans, and chimps. So the four that are the closest relations to humans. And they were as a blood bowl team. So the orangutan was the thrower, and the gorillas were the blockers, you know, the big strong ones. Um, and the bonobos, I think, were off having sex in the corner, but were the line chimps. And it all sounded fun, and they all had extra arms so that they could throw the ball around between them and things. And they similarly had grab on the strength for gorillas. And coaching them was so frustrating. It sounded fun, it looked fun. You saw the design, you thought, oh, that looks fun. And then you put it up against any other Blood Bowl team, and it fell apart instantly. It was zero fun. And they all spent every turn just on the floor. And yet with Blackhawks, I don't get that same frustration. I, I see it all going wrong, the ball disappears. I've done one foul and I got sent off and they didn't get hurt. So why are people still enjoying a team that is clearly terrible at Blood Bowl, really suffering in all the win stats? And yet people talk all the time about how fun Blackhawks are and what a great addition they've been. Now, I, I, I love the fact there isn't power creep. And perhaps a whole different episode, we've got to talk about Amazons and power creep um, because people are really worried about it because we've had one team that's come in at the top rather than you know mid-place or bottom. Mm. Blackhawks certainly aren't power creep. They're awful. Why aren't more people hating either, but, yeah. I think they've got... I look at the four teams, the new teams, and I think three of them have got character, and one of them is Old World Alliance. Like, that doesn't. You, you know, like... So even though they're terrible, like, they, they have their thing, like, they have their gimmick, they stick to it. So you know what you're getting yourself into. And so you kind of, like, have your own fun that way. You're probably expecting not to win games of Blood Bowl if you're playing Blackhawks. But you are going to, like you say, you're going to feel like a genius that one turn when you, you get a, a really nice surf. And that's probably what you're playing for in that, in that sort of time. I, I was playing it because I really wanted to play a fouling game. And they're really good at that, especially with the buff to guard. They can do that quite well. Um, so I think it's the character of the team rather than how good they are. Now, you, like me, are famously not, not a big painter, um, Purple Goop. Fumble Christa said he thinks one of the reasons for their the love for them might be because the figures are so good. 
that, that Games Workshop really knocked it out of the park with a set of figures that everybody loves and gives them real character and charisma. And hence everyone's putting up with this absolute dross of a team <laughs> uh, because the little miniatures are nice. Does that make any sense? I think it's an interesting theory. I mean, like, I, I think, isn't it sad that all these new players coming to the game get Black Orcs out of the box and have to have to put up with them? Um, I have got a set that I bought off eBay that were painted, and they look pretty enough to me with my wooden eyes, but uh, they don't help me over their obvious deficiencies. Um, I think I think Day Day's hit the nail on the head. They've got some character to them in a way that... Some other races that already exist in the game and our world alliance don't really have a lot of character. I don't think Underworld have got any character. I just think they're just uh, irritating. Um, and Black Orcs, okay, they're terrible, but they're terrible in a, in a sort of interesting and idiosyncratic way. Still, is it is it fine to have something like Black Orcs? Is it um, are they just there so that you can sit down and go, brilliant, I've already won this when the opponent pulls Black Orcs out, or? Is, are they necessary to Blood Bowl? Are they going to be a good thing long term? Well, what is really necessary to Blood Bowl? Like, what race would we miss if it wasn't there? I don't know. Dwarfs. But, uh, Dwarfs. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd say that. <laughs> That's another episode, I guess. Um, no, I think Black Oaks are fine. They're not great, but they're interesting. They have a gimmick with Brawl and Grab, and... It's an interesting gimmick, as opposed to like all the Stenfirm and Fend of the uh, of the Imperial nobility. That's just sometimes annoying to play against, but not really not really something you think about. And ah, oh, okay, I can have all the Stenfirm and Fend way, but with the Blackhawks, you're thinking, oh, I can do something cool with with Grab, and I can foul some players, and that's interesting. Hmm. I think the only problem with them is that it can be sometimes a bit frustrating for the opponent if the falling works, but that's mainly a problem with how sneaky git works and less with uh, what Black Hawks are. Are they able to put down a claim as, as one of the better fouling teams? I mean, there's a lot of foulers out there in this rule set. They've got a lot that help them. Like I say, the guard helps. Um, having agility access on, on goblins helps. Um, they're also, you know, they've got the bribery and corruption special rule, so they get their bribes for 50k. Um, yeah, they so they've, they've grab. Yeah, and grab. So you basically you get hold of something. You just basically... And my plan was just basically to chuck everything into taking this piece off. So I would, like, chain... I would hit it as many times as I can, not let it out. And then foul it, and then rinse and repeat. And then if all my goblins got sent off, all my goblins got sent off, and we just tried to pick the ball up with a Blackhawk, because we weren't planning on scoring anyway. Sure. So they can play hyper-aggressively, and they can use the fouling game, but they can't respond to things like break breakthroughs. Um, no. Interesting. And yet, yeah, they are doing incredibly badly. Now, at these four races, we, we have differing amounts of love for all of them. I mean, I love Blackhawks. Still, I'm not tempted by Old World Alliance, despite seeing the win rates. Um, nobility, I think they're quite fun, and the feathers, I'm, I'm not over them, but I guess they have to look like something. And renegades, I do think are more interesting with this um, iteration of them. Now that they're, it's a little harder to build those huge nasty kill stacks on them, and they've got a little more interest, a little more things going on that you can try and build around. We didn't talk very much about the terrible thrower, which was, was on that list, 
um, of the worst possible pieces still of <laughs> positionals in Blood Bowl at the moment. Um, for me, I think the, the Dark Elf Assassin is still quite hard to beat for just utterly, utterly pointless. He's oh, okay you, now. He's you, better now. Yeah. And he's I know he's, he, you, can, you can have those nice stabs with him and he is that little bit quicker, but it's just there's so much that you want to buy on a Dark Elf team as it is that I just struggle to ever want to buy him. People taking the Assassin to NAF tournaments. Even the good Euroball, players. even. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't have one myself, but I think... Yeah. It, I, I, mean, I, I saw Pete either. do it, and I had a sneaky <laughs> git instead, and I wrecked teams with mine. I looked at that list, and I thought, actually, if you consider all the formats of the game, none of these are useless. I thought that was quite interesting, yeah. because in previous versions of the game, there were certainly useless players. A safe pair of hands is a very interesting skill to get sacked whilst having. And I do think renegade throwers get sacked a lot, so that that might come into some real, really <laughs> handy use. But I still don't want to. I've always said this to people who put fend on their runners and ball carriers and things. I understand why. I personally do not build a team assuming that my ball carrier is going to get sacked a lot. I build a team to stop my ball carrier getting sacked a lot, rather than to mitigate it when it happens. Now, one more graphic I do want to show. I don't know if you're aware of this particularly, Phil, or indeed uh, Store. I'm sure Day Day is all over this. Um, when it launches, we will have a limited number of races with Blood Bowl 3. Specifically, these 12. Oh, I just have to pull it up. That was white. There we go. So those are the 12 races, including... Look, I've done a very professional job of uh, highlighting the ones. <laughs> Blue Peter, this. Excellent. <laughs> Yeah, for some reason it's not showing. There we are. Let me just adjust it slightly. So we have Black Orcs, Chaos Renegades, Imperial Ability, and Old World Alliance. They're going to drop into a soup of only eight other teams, those being Chaos Chosen, Dark Elves, Dwarves, Elven Union, Humans, Nurgle, Orcs, and Skaven. Um, so let's help the One World, One Blood Bowl viewer listener and participant get ahead of the entire of the rest of the Blood Bowl 3 community by simply telling them which of those are going to help them dominate considering these four races are in. There's only those 12 races these are the four new ones, the other eight they already know how to play, which one should they be coaching to get their wins over Old World Alliance, Pact Bobs and Knobs. Store, who's going to dominate? Um... Is Bomber in at launch? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not sure we're certain. But if he is, he certainly won't have his special ability in. All his stats yeah, will be there, his skills will be there, but he won't be going kaboom. Well, the special ability is not what makes him good, in my opinion. It's 2 plus passing all over it. Um, I think the old classics are going to dominate here. Orcs are pretty good. Skaven are good. Dark Elves are good. I think Nurgle specifically of, of those three, Skaven are better. Um, yeah, in progression though, and you're going to have a lot of MNGs. That's true. That with well. new terrible apothecaries, we're all going to roll with bigger squads and missing players, aren't we? Yeah, and with, with Skaven, they are pretty damn good. But... If half of your gutter runners 
are missing all the time, then they're not that good anymore. Okay. So um, I think orcs are gonna be at the forefront, and and dark elves. Yes, I was gonna say dark elves haven't been mentioned yet. Shouldn't they do all right in this against those four? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that'll be fun. They're great. And I'm um, I'm picking one of those four because I'm I'm new to Blood Bowl three, and I'm excited by the new races. So I want to try something new. Which one should I pick and not end up just getting beaten by everybody else <laughs> who's maining dwarves and dark elves and rats and orcs and just thrashing people playing with the new teams? Is it? Are we really saying that of these four, it's Old World Alliance people should be trying? That they'll get a reasonable, happy feeling and an occasional win with that bunch of rubbish? Apparently, if you, if yeah. you trust the numbers, and I'm not sure that I do trust the numbers, <laughs> I think... Follow your I heart, think... Phil, not the numbers. Numbers can't tell you what your heart is feeling. Oh, well, if it was my heart, it'd be Back. just taking an ability, nothing else. But okay. um, I think that once we've got a few million games under our hats of the new rules, as if that's ever going to be a thing, I think things will move about, and I would bet 50 pence of your money, Purple Chest, that <laughs> acts are better. I think Pact are better. They're all not very good. Pact are the best, not very good one. Even over Old World World Alliance, despite the statistics? Yeah, because as far as I'm aware, in the Sinai game, there's not going to be redrafting. Yeah. So I don't think when you get above 1,300, 1,400, I don't think Old World Alliance are going to benefit from that treatment. All those crap dwarves with guard as much. I think Pact will take over. Day Day, we've horrified Store into, uh, into leaving us with this talk of nobility. That's being fun. Um, which of those four are you picking up? Which one do you think I can I can do this? Even with dwarves and orcs and skaven, I can do this. I I think uh, I, I agree. I think Pact. If if you're wanting to like try and be competitive, because I think also with the you know the uh, taking randoms meta. Like I'm not saying like you should definitely do that if you're uh, wanting to try and be efficient but you you'll see people uh i think with packed you're, you're going to have more scope just the mutation access means you're going to have those ridiculous low tv like claw teams as well and that will be packed so as soon as you know that happens essentially you, your tough teams their their win rate drops because yeah. you know orcs nurgle dwarves they'll struggle against that especially if someone has been really lucky and rolled you know loads of random claw and, and, and stuff like that because law of numbers means there'll be one uh, one or two running around. Um, I think Old World Alliance will do fine, but I agree. I think they, they kind of tail off and I think they do very... They'll, they'll do very well in like the first like five, ten games and then I think they'll struggle. And then Black Despite Horse, looking at those stats all week as I prepared for this, yeah. and despite being the sort of tryhard that quite likes his wins... I'm still not tempted by Old World Alliance. There's still not... There's nothing there. I go, well, oh, brilliant, I'll do it this way, and that'll be fun. I would much rather turn Imperial Nobility into a, a sort of team that can go somewhere, I think. I think, for me, that's the one. Um, but none of us are talking about poor Black Orcs. Does something need to get done? Do they need the, the point of movement that was given to Biggins, for example? And Orcs can lose it, because they're doing I fine. I would love that, but I don't think it... I'm not sure if it would just be the best thing for the game, just, like, throwing stats at uh, a problem. But 
I, I, it would have helped me in in my league games, definitely. Did um, they need something, Phil? Well, you keep saying rightly, I think that people love them and they've got character. Yeah. So yeah. that they are crap is not a problem. It's great. Yeah. We can have, as far as I'm concerned, we can have infinite races that are crap character. Uh, and you're not going to coach them. I'm. I'm going to coach some of them. <laughs> I think it matters. Like you've got to ask yourself a question going into Blood Bowl three of how do you have fun playing Blood Bowl? Like it's all well and good going win rates, and because everyone likes to win, anyone who says they don't want to win is lying. But if you're someone who is happy just to play a team for its character, then I would say go for you know go for Black Hawks because I think you'll have fun with it. Do I think you'll win loads of games? No, but you'll enjoy the game even a, a little bit more. If if you are wanting to, you know, win as many games as possible, then you're probably looking to, towards Old World or Pact a bit more. On Blood Bowl 3, I want to look that dwarf coach across the screen and I want to know they're crying in their heart as I <laughs> beat them. How am I going to do that with one of these four races? Is it Renegade to oh. big guy them to death? Perversely, Black Orcs might be the one, mightn't they? Yeah, like, if it's dwarves. Especially late on. Early on, even. Um, Just because of that strength and that grab control. Yeah. Fouling key pieces out if you get hold of one of the runners or a slayer or something with the lower armour. Yeah, maybe so. Um, I do think it's going to be interesting. I think these four teams have got quite a brutal time coming up. But I also think people are going to flock towards them as the joy of the new. Um, and then yeah. someone's going to sit around on Dark Elves with a you know 30-game unbeaten streak as they just take that ball away. Um, but it is coming. These these are the teams of the future. Um, I'm really excited by Blood Bowl 3. We'll see if it comes about. But, of course, all these teams are available right now to be coached on Fumble uh, or on Tabletop. There's all sorts coming up this year. Um, any thoughts about the World Cup? Are you going? What are you taking? What are you preparing for in your 2023 head? As we come towards the end of the show... Let's see if Stor gets back before the end. Just some final thoughts. Where are you going this year? Which teams are you taking with you? Day Day. Um, so sadly, I'm probably not going to the World Cup um, just for financial reasons. I'd love to go, but um, we, I don't think that's going to happen for us this year. Um, in terms of where we're going sort of thing, we do have you know some of the uh, the bigger tournaments in the UK that we are still going to, so... You know, we're going to water bowl in a couple of weeks, and uh, I, I don't think I'll be taking any of these teams this year. I, I might take Blackhawks, as I've said, but um, you know, I, I am actually, if, if I was to take one, or if you like gun to my head right now, it'd actually be Imperial Nobility because I've not played them yet, and you know, I want to try them out. And so maybe, maybe they'll turn up, maybe I'll turn up with one of them. Um, yeah, I I don't really have much of a plan at the moment. I'm I'm just kind of seeing where we go, like see how the Blood Bowl treats us. And, and you said you had been play. coaching Blackhawks. Are they what you're taking into the next season of your tabletop? Uh, no, <laughs> because I think also in my tabletop league, I really benefited from coming in like halfway through because everyone started at 1,000 TV. So there wasn't any monster 1,800 teams. Uh, but I did get a fair whack of inducements, and we did have a uh, league star player that had dirty player and the uh, special rule that allows you to have sneaky get once if you get caught. Um, so he helped. 
so I think um, I'll I'll be trying something new in in the next tabletop league. But okay. I don't I don't know what that is yet. Waiting for inspiration to strike you. Yeah, exactly. Or or the panic as it comes up. It's usually well, the other way. I look forward to seeing you presumably at the UKTC in a couple of months' time. If not, yes. um, yeah, I'll be there. If we don't do something about the water bowl, I mean, uh, someone accused me earlier. I think it was you, Phil, of being both parochial and English in my mindset, and also only talking about the tournaments I go to. Yes, that's because it's my show, and those are the ones I'm going to. <laughs> um, but yes, I should definitely get some people on to talk about things I don't go to. Um, Dungeon Bowl, I would love to be at one year. I think I've got a free ticket waiting for me. But uh, it just always clashes with not being in Germany and having a life. Um, so when those aren't true, I would love to get out there. Uh, the Las Vegas Open, I've got lots of friends at, which I think is coming up, if not this weekend, then maybe next weekend. There's loads of good blood going on around the world that we're not talking about enough. Store, we're in the closing moments. I've just been asking you, what is your plan? What are you coaching and looking forward to in 2023? Whilst you get your head around that, I'm just going to ask Phil. Phil, what's the race that's uh, tickling your fancy and where are you heading with it this year? Uh, I will be doing my normal sort of UK circuit. So Monkey Bowl, Water Bowl, KCC, NAF Championship, uh, my usual sort of stops. I'll probably do a European one in addition, a European team one, be it Bilbao or Lutes or German Team Bowl, one of one of the, the, big, the big Europeans. Uh, and I will be at the World Cup. Um, not decided what race yet but the last three world cups of uh uh taken lizard men and we've been um trying to as best we can uh and i think at the top end the the meta had evolved to the point where top end euros had decided that fouling all the lizard men and making them go away was the best way of doing it <laughs> i think that is ever more the case in the new rules so i probably won't be doing lizard men this time but i'm not decided what i'm going to land on yet not okay. one of these four. No, not one of these four, you don't think? I think so. I played three of the four last year. Uh, not at the World Cup, I wouldn't have thought. Um, and so, Stor, same question to you. Where are you headed with your Blood Bowl in 2023? Any team particularly tickling your fancy? Any tournament you're massively looking forward to? Well, the World Cup, of course. And I'm also going to UKTC. That's going to be great, I think. And um, for races... I think uh, after I finished playing all the races, um, at least once, which I need three or four more now, um, I'm going to play some more halflings. And uh, for the World Cup, uh, what my teammates were saying is like, okay, uh, we were doing uh, like uh, seeing what races are we going to play, mm-hmm. and. And next to my name on the list was something shit until we make him play elves. <laughs> <laughs> um, interesting. I mean, I, I love watching you with halflings. It's um, you are so talented with them. You get win rates that are just beyond belief with them. Um, and I think it's whereas a lot of halfling coaches are looking for that excuse as to why they lose sometimes in coaching halflings. It's a choice to protect themselves. Um, I've never sensed that with you, and it terrifies me that you're that good with halflings that you can put that win rate against anyone with any race, and it stands comparison. Um, Anything else anyone wants to say before we say goodbye? There is just one issue I do have to come back to. It's from a previous show. We have a callback, Mr. Purple Goo, uh, from some of the other people in the uh, the Danish uh, system of NAF, and they've challenged you to, uh, to come and prove out in Denmark uh, that they don't, as they would suggest, 
have their finger more firmly on the modern meta and that you and the entire of Team England are not just men out of time. I mean, again, how many times do I have to go to Denmark and, and live in their place? I don't know. I mean, your young, your young uh, contributor last time mentioned he was Danish champion. We've all, we've all been Danish champion. It's not anything to be like too excited about. I love the Danes very much. And I, one day I would very much like to go back. Some of my favourite Blood Bowl people. Um, one thing that, that Hargrim did drop on a little bit, and I've heard Joe talk about it too a little bit, Joe Manji. Do you accept, and at Store, I'd love to bring you in on this and Day Day as well, as a final question away from what we've been talking about with those four new races, just in terms of where the meta's at right now. Bombers aside, megastars, superstars aside. Is this a rule set that is slightly more favouring the bash active coach, the aggressive-minded coach, over perhaps the more defensive or stability-minded coach? Are we seeing more focus on aggression? I think we are seeing more focus on aggression. I wouldn't say that it's more a bash thing than anything. An aggressive coach rather than a passive coach makes gains in this rule set, and I think the variance in the rule set is higher and so the sort of bell curve of results is tighter um okay. i think a eight out of ten coach that plays very aggressively is a lot more out of this rule set than they got out of the previous rule set store do you agree is this is this the day of the aggressive play couldn't have uh, put it any better than Pogu. Okay, so it, it's not that it's really harming other mindsets, it's that that, that style has been favoured by some of the changes. It's They've got more chance, more agency with their plans. Like multiple rerolls allows you to do more in aggressive turns. And um, I don't think it's much more bash heavy. Like, you don't have that many options with uh, that get you out of trouble with worse, with worse passing. But uh, multiple rerolls kind of makes up for that. Right, Day Day. Let's give that final word to you. Um, do you agree? Is it the is the day of aggression upon us? Should we all be looking to take more agency, more action, perhaps get up in people's faces a little bit more with our blood bowl? I, I think so, but I'm I'm quite uh, aggressive anyway in my playstyle. So um, I actually haven't played loads of passive teams. Um, so that answer might change in six months. But I, th I think there's a lot of little things that have like contributed towards it. So like, you know, guard now helping on fouling and sneaky get being buffed means that you, you there is a more like aggressive play style. And and then you know, I don't think it's like I said the the, the passing nerf. It, it you know maybe hasn't hurt all the time, but it does mean that the passive player has one less weapon in their arsenal. And now, I think I, a, a I will ask you to forgive him, dear listener. Uh, you know who you are, the person that complains to me every single time somebody on this show says that passing has been nerfed. I accept <laughs> that passing for some races has moved sideways. Yes, pro elves can throw the ball as well as they ever did, particularly if they get the cannoneer skill. And yes, Kemri in some way could be seen as better at passing. But I think most people sort of think of it in 2020 as a passing nerf. If that triggers you, I'm afraid it is just you. You're going to have to get over it. Sorry, Day Day, I just had a chance it to absolutely, drop that. I think it absolutely is a passing nerve, but that's another debate for another time. It, well, it is. Like I said, <laughs> there's at least one person who will not leave me alone. When passing nerf is said on this show, I get a message every single time. 
Um, so there we are. Um, look, thank you for coming on, guys. I think the message we're putting out there is kind of a bleak one. These four are not great races. If you're someone that loves wood elves and has recently just found you're not enjoying them so much, but find you're really enjoying Underworld now on tabletop, then probably these four are ones to avoid. Um, if you are a wind monkey that only loves those statistics of high win rates, perhaps these ones are ones to wait on. Um, that said, they can be loads of fun. And it turns out Old World Alliance are much, much better than we all think they are, though none of us can really tell you why. But they're somehow getting really good win rates. They've all got flavour to them. I think none of them look out of place or feel out of place in Blood Bowl, at least not to me. Your mileage may vary. Um, so if you do get a chance to try them on Blood Bowl 3 or Tabletop, give them a go. They're all really flavoursome and fun. Just don't expect to be dominating things with them, unless you know, you've got the sort of mind of a purple goo or of a store. But for me and Day Day, we will just keep dreaming and having fun, because sometimes that can be what Blood Bowl's about too. Grabbing someone and throwing them backwards down into the middle of your pack and then kicking them in the face with a chortling goblin. That is fun, but you're probably going to lose the game. Um, thank you for coming along this evening. I hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you to my lovely panel of guests. I wish I had more time with all of them, but I don't because I talk too much. That was One World, One Blood Bowl, episode 23. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope to see you in two weeks' time when we're going to be talking about getting ready for the launch, what to expect when you're changing rule sets, how to forget things, how to learn things, how to be a noob again and love it. We'll see you in two weeks' time. Thank you very much. And good night. I will find someone to raid you on to. I may be back playing Blood Bowl in a bit, but I'm certainly taking a break. For now, if you are staying... Come to Turncourt. We'll be sending you over to... Oh, why not? To the lovely... Uh, I won't give it a raid to Mr. Page for a long old time. So I'm sending you over to Mr. Page for now. Uh, enjoy yourselves there. And One World, One Blood Bowl will be back in two weeks. Bye. <laughs>